right, good to go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's going about as good as it can right now, considering where Ottawa is. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now, man. Yeah, and uh, that'll be for part two of our doubleheader today. Oh, yeah, man, we're going to do a two-banger. So, this episode this week... We're going to look at some Senator draft classes. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess we're not going to be doing it what I think most podcasts are doing and just looking at the current draft. We're going back in time. Yeah. So as you know, the Ottawa Senators just finished their 25th official season, and we've had some good draft classes. We've had some bad draft classes, and we're here today to look at the best Senator draft classes. Now, because I am currently recording... I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, Tim. Not at all. Cool. All right. Now we're going to start off at number five. I'm going to go with the 1998 draft class. Arguably one of the better draft classes from the 90s, which had four players drafted making the Senators, with Marion Hosa going 12th. Yari Humer went 58th. Magnus Arvidsson, 119th. And Carl Rakunik, 229th. Hosa was the real standout of this draft, scoring 388 points in 467 games for the Senators between the 97-98 season and the 03-04 season before he was dealt to Atlanta in 2005 for Mr. 50-07, Danny fucking Heatley. Magnus Arvidsson and Carl Rakunik were both solid players for the Senators. Arvidsson had a career season in 98-99 with 21 goals, 26 assists for 47 points while playing the most... Excuse me, while playing a more defensive style as as a forward before signing with the Canucks in 2003. Rakunik was a rock-solid defenseman for the team, averaging 20-plus points while finishing with a career-high 23-plus-minus in the 2002-2003 season. He would play seven more seasons in the NHL with three different teams before heading back to Russia when he was tragically part of the locomotive plane crash in 2011. Hermie was primarily a back, backing a Patrick Laleem during his time in Ottawa, only playing 48 games over three seasons. So let's open the floor a little bit, Tim. Like, what do you think of the 98 draft class? I think arguably of the draft classes from the 90s, the 90... No. Sorry, this is the 97 draft class. I totally yep. fucked up on my notes. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering because uh, I have this one in my notes too because honestly, it's fantastic. Oh, it's like beautiful. Anytime you get a superstar and a a strong supporting winger in your draft you're fucking laughing and the thing about like 97 98 in general is it's a very top heavy draft Mm -hmm. so like after about 15th place there's not a lot left other than you get maximum finneganov somewhere down the line yeah he would have been a solid pickup for the senators however he went to the buffalo sabers yeah and then fishing arvidson out of the fifth round was just beautiful Mm-hmm. Even uh, picking up Carl Rakunik was a really good pickup, too. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's safe to say that I blew it there with by mistaking it for the 98 class. It's okay. 
Moving on to number four, I got two draft classes here. I got the 2009 and 2011 draft classes. And yes, I am reading this correctly because I made sure of that. I'm picking both <laughs> of these classes for a couple of reasons. First of all, I couldn't choose one over the other. And I also think that both classes worked out beautifully for the Senators. So we're going to start from 2009. Now, while hindsight has dictated that taking Jared Cowan ninth was not a great pick, Ottawa made up for that for using their two second rounders and a fourth rounder. One of their fifths to take Jakob Silverberg, Robin Leonard, Chris Wyman, and Mike Hoffman. Silverberg was a solid two-way player, similar to Daniel Offson, except with the offensive upside, who was developing nicely into a top six forward when he was dealt to the Anaheim Ducks in 2013, along with Stefan Nuisen and a first in 2014 for Bobby Ryan. Leonard was a big body, but... Butterfly, butterfly style goalie, who is 6'7", 240, who is quite mobile for somebody his size. Leonard's time in Ottawa was not a huge success as he was unable to win the number one job in Ottawa with his cons- inconsistent play and a GAA that was for the most part never under three. Leonard would be shipped to Buffalo in 2015 for the 21st pick, which turned out to be Colin White. He later became Buffalo's number one goalie, killing us every time he fucking played against us. Leonard's rage is fucking real, dude. Oh my god, he's fucking nuts. Chris Weidman, who lit up the AHL, scoring 130 points over three seasons, developed into a top six defenseman for the Senators, usually being paired with Mark Borowiecki on the third pairing. Weidman only played 16 games last season with a hamstring injury. Mike Hoffman, who was also a great scorer in both Junior and the American Hockey League before he had a breakout season in the 2014-2015 season during the team's Hamburglar run, when he scored 27 goals, 21 assists for 48 points in 79 games. Hoffman was consistent, has consistently averaged 55 points every season since then, becoming the team's top left winger and later being paired with Matt Deshane, turning and becoming a solid 1-2 scoring punch for all of a couple of months. Thanks, Monica. Wow. Alleged, um, excuse, allegedly. I thought we weren't going to talk about that yet. Oh, we're getting there. So we're going to also going to go out to the 2011 draft class. With the Senators entering their first draft of the rebuilding era, in quotation marks, with three picks in the first round, they decided to take Mika Zibanejad 6th, Stefan Nuisin 21st, Matt Pumple 24th. While Nuisin would be included in the trade for Sil- with Silverberg in 2013 for... Bobby Ryan, Pumple, who never found his footing with the big club, becoming a journeyman. Zibanejad would play four seasons with the Senators, developing and becoming a solid second-line center before he was dealt to the New York Rangers in 2016 for Derek Broussard. Ottawa would also get some solid pieces later in the draft, drafting Jean-Gabriel Pajot, 96th overall, Frederick Clayson, 126, your buddy Max McCormick, 171st, (laughs) and Ryan Dezingle, 204th. JGP and Dezingle have gone on to become solid top six players who have been clutch in big moments. Clayson, who finally became a regular in the big club in the 2016-27 season, and McCormick was in and out of the lineup as a bottom six grinder last season. So let's open up the floor once again, Tim. Now, looking at both these draft classes, what do you think about, do you think that I am right to put it at number four? To be honest, I have them around number five. And... I actually have both of them tied just because it, they're both very impressive draft classes, mm-hmm. especially the 20. And I think I'm going to lean more towards the 2011 as being the stronger class. Just when you have that many p- pieces entering into significant NHL service, yeah, you're doing something right. And uh, the point differential between uh, the 2000, 
the 2009 class and the 2011 class isn't isn't that wide and uh the 2009 class has had a few had two more years to kind of put some points up and honestly at this point it looks like hoffman's career is uh end up being fairly limited due to uh the off just awful press that's being generated so perhaps the widely tutored 2000 like that strong 2009 drafts run ends here yeah but i mean we'll talk about it in the follow-up episode tonight mm-hmm. going on to number three the 2008 draft class although this draft saw the senators take guys like patrick wikosh Zach Smith and Mark Borowiecki. It was who they took 15th overall after trading up with Nashville that really puts this class on the list. And his name? Eric, is Eric Carlson. Carlson. While Weirkosh became somewhat of a solid player for the Senators despite being scratched on a number of occasions, Zach Smith and Mark Borowiecki both developed into solid NHL pros for the team. Smith became a bottom six centerman with Ottawa, while Borowiecki became a third pairing defenseman despite his polarizing reaction from Sen's Twitter. Eric Carlson is the real star of this draft class, turning himself from an undersized defenseman who was a defensive liability to one of the best players in the game over his nine seasons in the NHL, scoring over 70 points in four different seasons, including a career-high 82 points in the 2015-2016 season and winning two Norse trophies in 2012 and 2015. Carlson became captain of the Senators in 2014 after Jason Spezza was traded to the Dallas Stars. Let's open up the floor once again. I really like this draft, and I think a lot of the reason why I put it at number three is because of Eric Carlson. Well, for sure. Like, you drafted a franchise player. And one thing I was kind of looking at it when I when I described my methodology is the result is, if you draft a star player, it, your draft class is automatically probably in one of your top draft classes, mm-hmm. just on performance alone. And, like, Carlson's, like, he's a super lovable guy, too. Yeah, and, he's not one of these superstars that is... You know, he's a very outgoing individual. He's very engaged with the public of Ottawa and sends fans as well. Okay, it's just Brian. Let's be honest. It's just Brian 5 just or 6. Brian. I don't know. But yeah, like that 2008 draft, I always get a laugh out of it because uh, Luke Shen went third. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's... Yeah... That was um, weird. That, that's just Toronto player evaluation at that time for you, though. True. Actually, what's surprising is Ottawa managed to get five players out of this draft that actually played a decent amount of NHL time, the last being Derek Grant. Wow, Derek Grant. I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, he's been bouncing around the league for a while, and I think Derek Grant is actually still playing. Uh, just let me get that checked right quick, but I believe he was... He actually spent some time on Colorado this year. Okay. Sorry, no, Anaheim. Yeah, he became a staple on Anaheim's fourth line. Wow, that's insane. I never knew that. Yeah, he played 66 games this season. Wow. 24 points on it, so it wasn't a bad season for Derek Grant. No, not bad at all, considering some of the guys we had on the fourth line last season. Yeah, it's, uh, honestly, it's just a great, it's a really good, it's a feel-good story, and... I think it really goes to show just how strong, consistently strong Ottawa's drafting has been. Because mm-hmm. I've always looked at the Ottawa Senators kind of like the Montreal Expos of hockey, being that they were a team that could never acquire the big-name free agents, so they had to go out and scout and draft their own star players. And you look at Ottawa from 
you know, o- over the years, right? Like we drafted Alexi Yashin, Radek Bonk, Daniel Alfredson, Eric Carlson, Marion Hosa. Who else did we draft? Uh, Spatso, we drafted him. And even like Thomas Shabbat, Colin White, Logan Brown. Speaking of which, Tim, at number two, the 2015 NHL draft class. This draft stands out to many fans for a couple of reasons. One, this was the final draft for the late Brian Murray as general manager. And two, no other Sens draft class has yielded such immediate results. With the Senators holding two first-rounders and two second-rounders, they struck gold when they selected Tom Shabbat, 18th overall, Colin White, 21st, Gabriel Gagné, 36th, and Philip Shalopic, 48th. Shabbat, White, and Shalapik would all make their debuts for the Senators in the 2017-2018 season, with Shabbat becoming an offensive force on the blue line, while Shalapik became a fan favorite despite his limited time with the team. Ottawa would also use a 4th and 5th round picks on Christian Willanen and Christian Yaros. Willanen, who surprised many with his play on the big club last season, while Yaros only played two games, showing flashes of solid defensive play. So let's, once again, let's open up the floor... I really I think like it's this. Too early to rank this team, this class. Yeah, and I really de- I debated not... whether I should put it at number two. That was the thing, but I'm thinking, you know what? It's because... too early, man. We don't really know what's if everything's gonna pan out. Like, I don't think you can really cons- have this class in this sort of discussion because we've only really seen them for three years. Like, that's just not enough time. But the thing is, like, can you think of any other draft class we've had that has yielded? Such results. Shabbat made it. Colin, well, to a certain extent, he made it. Shalapik made it. And Willannon made it. So, and well, that was only about, in the last couple of years, right? I mean, well, we've talked about four of them already. Like, we've talked about 2011, 2009, 2008, and, and 1997. And there's a few more that I can think of, too. But it's just, I feel like it's, it's premature. Okay. Like, you get where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it, but I, I'm still sticking with wh- where I put them. I'm, I think, it, I think it's going to pan out for them, and if it doesn't, we can always look back at this and be like, why the hell did I decide to put them at number two? Yeah, and like, like to be perfectly honest, uh, with, like, I'm not even considering anything past the 2011 draft. Like, it's just not enough time. And even the 20, like the 2008 to 2011 drafts are kind of in an unknown zone. Because it's these players haven't gone through their primes yet. Yeah, fair enough. I'm still sticking with what I pick, though. That's fine. Yeah. Let's head on to number one. And this is a draft class I think many can, can really, really... When you really think about it, this handstone is probably one of our best draft classes. And that is 2001. In my personal opinion, I did have a tough decision whether to put this or the 2015 draft at number one, and given that your reason I'm glad I didn't put 2015, while the 2015 draft had has already produced four players currently with the big club, overall I feel this draft made the bigger impact for how this class would have huge effects on the golden age of the Senators. After years of dealing with the walking PR nightmare known as Alexei Yashin, the Senators finally traded him to the New York Islanders for a first-rounder, so Daniel Chara and Bill Malak, McCult would only spend one season with the Senators while Chara became a defensive anchor with the team until he left for the Boston Bruins in 2006. However, it was who the Senators took second overall that made the biggest impact, in my opinion. And his name was Jason Spezza. Spezza being taken second overall was a huge building block for the team, 
Not to be outdone, Ottawa also took Tim Gleason, 23rd overall, who was later dealt to the LA Kings for Brian Spolensky, Ray Emery, and Christopher Schubert, both taken in the fourth round. Brooks Lake was also taken by the Senators in the sixth round. Don't worry, we're going to talk about him in a future top ten, so let's not worry about it. And Brandon Pukoski, who would later re be replaced by Daniel Offerson on the first line, forming the cash line with Healy and Spezza for the 05-06 season. Spezza, Emery, and Schubert would all play for the 2007 Ottawa Senators that would go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Emery's backstopping of the Senators helped Ottawa became stable in goal until he became a distraction the year afterwards, and he later got shipped out of town. Spezza's offensive play helped the team, and it also helped him to become the team's number one center and future captain. Yeah, this is a, this is an incredibly strong draft class. And uh, it's funny because I think all but one of our draft classes are the same. We just have them in a different order. But uh, you know what? Ray Emery was fun times. He was. I mean, he was a total nutcase, but, you know, he you was know, fun to watch. Well, remember when uh, Game 2 against the Sabres in 2007, he was fucking late? Yep. Because he got rear-ended in the borderline and screamed at a guy? Oh, was that the time that he threatened to, uh, he threatened a guy at the border? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I was thinking, what the hell was he doing? Yeah, the guy scratched his Humvee. Well, it was a nice Humvee, Tim. Oh, I'm not blind. Well, I mean... As nice as a Hummer could be, let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest, maybe it wasn't the appropriate way to go. But it was fun times. Fair enough. I mean, can you imagine if he tried to do that today? I don't want I don't want to sound racist. They probably would have shot him. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I think if he tried to do that nowadays, like he would have never lived down the shame because of all the the all the cameras on him. Oh, yeah. Like, it would have been on social media in an instant. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if that had been a thing in 2007? Holy fuck. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Tim, now that I went through my top five senator draft classes, it's time to look at your draft classes. And, uh, for my, for my top classes, I decided to go with an empirical, just a very empirical analysis of each draft class. Specifically, I want to see which grouping just earned the most points. Okay. Like, who produced the most. But first of all, I had to adjust all the points. So, the way this adjustment worked is, uh, as any hockey fan will tell you, and I'm sure Tay will agree, during the 80s and, like, the, the real beginning of the early 90s, it was a puck fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the time where in 890... Save percentage would have won you Vesna. Yeah, and uh, and then it immediately just drops off to the point where, when we compare everything to a common year of 2013, uh, in 1992 there were 133 percent more goals per game than in 2013, while by 1998 that had fallen to 97 percent as much. So the amount of goal scoring just it precipitously dropped. So, to make sure we have an apples and apples comparison across the board, I used a, I took a concept from economics, of uh, in, of deflating something, and benchmarking it to goal inflation. So basically, all I had to do was figure out 
what's a relative goal in 1992 compared to the same the same value in 2007 or 2013 so does that seem simple enough do i need to explain it a bit more or it seems fine to me but if you feel that we should explain it a little bit more then feel free oh i guess the only side note i have to do is uh because goalies don't score goals i had to give them a slightly different valuation okay so basically i had their net goals saved in a season compared to the average okay so if the league average save percent was 900 the goalie had a save percentage of 9 920 and he faced a thousand shots he'd be worth 20 goals on the season hmm. however if the inverse is true he'd be worth negative 20 goals okay and then we adjust in sum now another part about this methodology and uh I guess I really harped on Tay about this uh, for including the 2015 draft class is that there is a bit of an unfair comparison when we look at players who haven't yet hit their prime. Even if I was to adjust this by points for games played, I still don't think this would be fair. So for anything outside of 2008, I rank them based on their pure goal scoring. However, after that, once we get to 2008 and on, I apply a bit of my own judgment because these players have yet to hit their prime. And we'll be putting out some of my graphics after the show, and uh, Tay's looking at one right now, and uh, you see that big gray region? Yep. That's where I'm starting to apply some of my own judgment. Okay. All right, so let's go to our top five classes. Let's do it. And for number five, I had the same tie you had for number four with 2011 and 2009. And once we adjust their points and recognizing that, like, the 2009 season was a bit more productive, like, those seasons were a bit more productive than the ones following 2011, uh, we noticed that these draft classes actually have a similar amount of total point production, with uh, 2000, the 2011 class so far producing about 556 combined points, while the 2009 class has produced about 540 I'm going to give the edge to the 2011 class because more players were produced. They produced better in less time. That's a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Moving on next, we've got the 2008 class with Carlson, Weirkosh, Smith, Grant, and Borough. That class is actually produced at a fairly good clip considering that most of them haven't even hit their prime yet. Uh, the 2008 class has produced... 808 adjusted points. Moving on next, we hit the 2001 draft class. And honestly, this is a very, very strong draft class. And this class altogether has produced 1,464 points. Wow. Including 510 goals. That's insane, man. Yeah. And, well, sorry, adjusted goals. Like, uh, I do have to be very... I have to be explicit about that. Mm -hmm. Although the adjustment isn't, I don't think the adjustment is that aggressive. Uh, if I go into just the regular scoring for two, the 2001 draft, yeah, we're looking at, uh, yeah, 520 goals. So they got adjusted down. Like, that's fucking nuts. And Spezza himself has 321. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's pretty insane. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And you know what's nutty? What's that? The point production goes up from here. Wow. And honestly, 
honorable mention to the 1999 draft featuring such Marty Havlat and uh, Chris Kelly, two long-standing players, and Havlat had a career himself. And together, they that group produced over 800 points. But they're going to get these classes are going to get they got blown away by 2001 Mm -hmm. and the point titles just get higher from here the 1997 draft with the aforementioned marian hosa and magnus appertson 1525 point adjusted points wow including 653 adjusted goals and 872 adjusted assists if they're players that played any time in the 90s in the early 2000s their goal totals are getting adjusted down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just nutty. And the number one class, the most productive class in Ottawa Senators draft history, 1994. I was going to say, I, I'm looking at this like, I bet you anything he picks 94. And it's not just because Daniel Alfredson is one of my favorite, is my favorite player, but this, this draft did fucking work. We are looking at 737 adjusted goals and 1,100 adjusted assists. And that's just from what? Bonk and Alfie? Bonk and Alfie. Like, that's fucking nutty. Yeah, well, that's like pretty had, insane. Yeah, like you had a bit of extra power from Steve Guala and Stanislav Nakar, but it was all Alfie, really. Yeah. Really was. Just I mean, Radic Bonk had some pretty productive years in Ottawa, but yeah, he was not Daniel Offertson. No, and uh, like just fishing Daniel Offertson out of a late round was fucking incredible. Yeah, and apparently nobody in the Senators organization knew who he was until John Ferguson Senior says, "Look, like I saw this guy in Sweden. We really need to take a chance on him. I think he's going to become a star in the NHL." And then the rest is history. Yeah. But, like, these not, like, there's no other draft even class even close to the 94 draft. Oh, absolutely not. And the only one I think that might come close, like, it's probably the Car- probably Carlson. Mm-hmm. Because even Spets is slowing down. Marion Hosa's career is done. And, uh... I don't have an, I haven't done any analysis. There's no way for me to analyze anything past 2011. Yeah. But that 94 draft was probably one of the greatest in Senators history. Yep, and it was all off two players. Yeah. Also, fun note. The Dag draft was actually surprisingly... The draft that brought us Alexander Dag was actually surprisingly productive. Really? Yeah, scoring combined total adjusted points of 1,100, 1100 combined points. Seriously? Part of that, well, Pavel Dimitra. Oh, right, right, right. Dyg, I who oh, actually, that's right. I forgot Dimitra was in that draft. Like, Dyg put up four 20-goal seasons, which is respectable. Mm-hmm. But Pavel Dimitra. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah, Another so player like, who's in the locomotive plane crash, too. Really? Yep. Yeah, him and uh, Carl Wakunik were both killed in that. Oh, wow. I didn't know, I didn't remember that Demetra passed. Wow, but uh, no, like those, are, like the Senators have drafted some studs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we drafted some duds too, but oh, do you want I, me I to think tell the studs have drafted over that we draft the studs that we drafted overcame the duds. 
Yeah. I know what the two worst Senators drafts are by production. What's that? The two worst Senators drafts. Yeah. 2002 and 2007. Yep. Uh, 2000... Yeah. Oh, oh, sweet Jesus. Uh... 2002, 12, 12 adjusted points. 2003, 13, sorry, 2002, three adjusted points. Oh, oh, good God. Only one NHL, AHL tweener was produced from the 2007 class. A1 Cody Bass. Uh, the 2001 draft was, sorry, the 2002 draft was pretty much one and done. Yeah. Jacob Clavis played around for two seasons and disappeared. That's it. That's it. Well, Cam, yes. I guess that concludes our top five send draft class today, bud. Uh, is there anything more you want to say about the da data? Any surprises? Um, yeah, I think the 2002 one was kind of a surprise. I didn't realize it was that bad. Other than that, I think the, the the graph that you sent me was pretty self-explanatory. So I will put that up on our Twitter account. And if you guys want to check that out, you can have a look at that. And you can follow along. Yeah, I guess the one... I was actually kind I was surprised just how insane... Like, I knew the like the 1994 draft was... Like, Alfredson is obviously phenomenal. I was surprised to see how fucking insane it was. Mm -hmm. That just two guys just went to town yeah i got nothing more to say i've i think we've pretty much said all we needed to say tim yeah and i guess uh i guess my one takeaway from this is drop the best available player please well tim let's head into the close first of all guys thank you so much for listening to the third line plug sense guys i hope you enjoyed it because believe me tim and i love recording them for you you can find us on itunes please listen rate and subscribe we are on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast, because our, our bod Dave made the mention, we were on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901HoneyBadger, and I'm at GreatWhiteGipster, G-R-8-W-A-T-E, Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to give me some shit about putting the 2015 draft class at number two, or you just want to talk some fancy math with Tim, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Go Sens, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!